Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Today's podcast is brought to you by Dexio Protocol, pioneers of the blockchain revolution. Dexio Protocol's vision is a world in which blockchain technology is mainstream and vastly more people are connected by it. Dexy Hunter is their flagship augmented reality application that allows players to collect crypto, NFTs, Dexy protocol gaming assets, Dexy cash, and QR codes from local businesses while you explore the cities you know and love. For more information, go to DexyProtocol.com. Again, that's D-E-X-I-O Protocol.com. And now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a very special guest all the way out in Columbus, Ohio, working on a really cool protocol that I know that I'm excited to learn more about, um, doing really cool things in the AR space, gaming space, and so much more. Uh, we have Greg Gold, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Dexa Protocol. How are you doing today? I'm great. It's really great to be here. You know, I, I'm, uh, I'm super grateful for the opportunity to talk to you and, and all of your listeners because I, I, I appreciate and respect what you do, man. I appreciate that, man. And, uh, you know, we had a really good, pleasant conversation uh, leading up to this actual interview. And I'm excited to unpack a lot of what we uh, just spoke about. But before we do all of that, first, I want to learn a little bit more about you. Can you give us some background on yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 45 years old. I'm I'm obviously American. I actually I grew up out in the Bay Area in California during the whole tech cycle. So like I, I actually grew up in Silicon Valley and like uh, you know right in the midst of of you know Hewlett Packard and Apple and all those things happening. So um, I, I have kind of a, a a near and dear place in my heart for all things you know technology. But um, I uh, I've been in business for myself for uh, about 20 years. Um, and uh, I've managed all kinds of different types of businesses for other people too, and done a bunch of consulting work. So I would describe myself as a businessman, but um, you know, really, I'm I'm just an enthusiastic advocate for whatever interesting thing is around me. So that's why I've gotten into a bunch of different businesses. I own a music lesson company here in in Ohio. Um, a bunch of music teachers that work for me. That I that I was a music teacher, and it just kind of evolved into that. I have a construction company. I have some friends in construction, and. Um, and so I just kind of got involved in that. I had a juice company at one point. I sold that to some people who were really excited about continuing that after I had kind of, um, you know, come to a place where, I, you know, I no longer wanted to invest my time in that, um, you know, particular business. So I've done a lot of different things and I got into crypto. Um, actually, I made my first investment in Bitcoin uh, through a friend of mine in, tw- I think, late 2017 um, and uh, made a little bit of money and then kind of got out of it and didn't, you know, was happy to have gotten out of it during the 2018 crash. And, um, and yeah. then, uh, a couple of years ago, my, um, my cousin uh, who lives out in California and her husband really started to talk a lot to me about not just crypto, but blockchain technology. And I got really excited about what that could mean um, and the, the, how early we are. On, on it. You know, I, I was, a, I, I'm 45, right? So I remember the evolution of the internet. And I remember being, you know, in my first apartment in 1995 and somebody coming to install a 14.4 dial up modem and being really excited about it. Like, man, right. this is so fast. 
you know, and <laughs> here, well, you know, and here we are 27 years later, right? And we're all carrying around supercomputers in our pockets that do, you know, stuff that literally could put you on the moon, right? Right. Uh, and so it's like, okay, blockchain is in that 1990 phase, 1995 dial-up internet phase, right? I'm right. going to get more involved in this. And so that's how I, I ended up getting back into the space. It's really cool, man. Like we've we've had a couple of uh, serial entrepreneurs that you know, ultimately got into this space, and a lot of them kind of have share that same enthusiasm of of being able to see Web 1.0 to Web 2.0, which is now as we head into Web 3.0, which is blockchain, and seeing this as the super early like stages of this development of this new technology, and just how much opportunity is still in this space. Like a lot of people think like, oh, I missed the boat. Oh, I'm too late, et cetera. And it's like, no, we are still so significantly early into this. And, and you like, you, you brought up something that you follow your curiosities, you follow your passions and, and this is where it kind of brought you in this space. What about, you know, blockchain technology and, and all the different facets in which you can get involved? What, what niche part of it, as you learn more about this, you're like, huh, that sounds really cool. Now I want to start working on this element of it. Yeah. So the, I think the thing, you know, this, you know, more sort of broader uh, sense of this is, you know, we, we have civilization because people started writing things down, right? That's, that's right. like, that's the basis of, you know, if you have a small group of people, you know, you can kind of keep track of stuff. But once you have a larger group of people, you have to create ledgers, to figure out who has what, who owes who what, how much you need of this, right? And so ledgers are the basis of all civilization. And what is a blockchain really? It's a digital ledger. We've had digital ledgers in, in many forms prior to blockchain, but it's a very specific type of digital ledger that allows you to, through you know, basically a computer program, through an application, allows you to write onto that blockchain, in, uh, write onto that ledger in an immutable way, okay? To me, that is super exciting. Okay, now we have a way to record information at light speed uh, and that can be applied to almost anything. And once the information is recorded, it can't be changed. Okay, you know, that's awesome. Now, now we have transparency and we have authenticity, right? It's absolutely, it is, we, we joke in on my dev teams, right? Whenever something goes on and somebody's like, whatever, like check the block, the block is truth, right? The block is truth. Like who right. doesn't love truth unless you're a liar, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, so that's the thing that I think is the most exciting thing to me in that sort of general sense. But the applications of that are like super endless, right? And I and this is what I we were talking about how uh, you know recent events have have spawned some you know questioning amongst uh, you know people who are not maybe in the space yet, right? Um, you know what's going on with with crypto, um, so. But the, 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 the idea that you can um, record information in an immutable way across any type of, of medium, right, in and of itself is, you know, probably the most important thing to happen since the advent of the internet. Because medical, right. financial records, educational records, even simple things that we don't even really think of. So like, you know, as a, as a concert goer, right, you, you have you know, Ticketmaster has always had problems. There's always efficiency issues. There's always, you know, transparency issues, right? Right. Um, NFTs fix that. NFT tickets fix that whole problem. And to me, the most important thing that you can ever do is you, when you're, when you're 
trying to, to, to do something in a coordinated effort with other people, you, do, you want to do one of three things. You want to solve a problem, make something more efficient, or provide quality to somebody's life, right? Non-quantifiable value, entertainment, whatever, joy. Blockchain technology does all of those things, right? It, it solves a problem of efficiency. It, it, it solves a lot of problems of recording you know, information in an immutable way. And it, and it solves an efficiency problem uh, you know, with everything being automated. There's, obviously, there's inherent problems in that too, which we need to work through, especially with like the decentralized autonomous organizations and some of the DeFi stuff. There's some problems there, right? We need to work through those right. problems. But it's really exciting to see the, the application, even something simple, like I said, like NFT technology, you know, being applied to ticket, tickets to concert going or to whatever you want. It can be applied to all kinds of different, um, uh, you know, systems in which we need access to things and we need to prove our, our ability to have access to those things in a way that cannot be faked, right? That to me, again, let's go back to truth and transparency. I, I'm all about things being trustable. And the blockchain is trustable. It is a trustable resource. Yeah, and done in a decentralized way to where uh, you can put something, you can put trust into your data. Like, you, like your, your dev says, uh, go back to the blockchain. Just go there. It, it doesn't lie. It's, it's, it's all there. And, you know, on that point, you know, as, as we look into what you've been building over at Dexio Protocol, uh, you are trying to be the pioneers of the blockchain revolution, like everything that you've just been talking about, um, creating a vision of a world where uh, blockchain technology is mainstream and more people are connected to it. So going after the mainstream adoption. So can you explain what is Dexio Protocol and what are some of the things that you're doing to help bring that mass adoption to the world? Hey everyone, just wanted to let you know about all of the amazing content that we're making for you exclusively over on YouTube. You can stay connected to crypto's top stories and trending topics with the Aftershock. Every Wednesday, join cryptocurrency Steve Miller and myself for a brand new discussion on what's going on in the wild world of Web3. If you want to learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain but don't know where to start, Crypto Decrypted will cover everything from basics and fundamental analysis to the advanced concepts of technical analysis. Join Chris K every Thursday exclusively on YouTube to get this content. Finally, if you want to take a deeper dive into the world of NFTs and learn more about all the latest and greatest and what's happening in that space while capturing alpha, join Steven on NFT Thursdays exclusively on Twitter Spaces on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you're enjoying our content. And if you're enjoying it, please like, subscribe, share, and leave comments so that we can continue to give you the content to keep you cryptocurrent. So um, Dexio Protocol was originally started by Don Rika, who's my business partner and the chief executive officer for um, Dexio Protocol. And um, he, I often do these interviews. We were sort of like one hive mind. Um, right. Uh, because Don is actually, he's Dutch. And though he speaks very good English, he, he's... Uh, all these things are generally done in English. And so he likes it, you know, and plus I like to talk. I never met a camera. I didn't like, right. So, um, I never met a microphone. I didn't. Like. Um, so, <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, so he started it with the idea that, um, he'd built a prototype for, um, an augmented reality application that actually used image recognition technology to scan, um, whatever you wanted it to scan through the image recognition. So he had, had first started out by, it was, uh, recognizing this Buddha statue he had, um, which is now kind of a funny video for us to watch because of how far the application has come since then. But um, so he had this idea that he wanted to develop, for lack of a better description, 
a Pokemon Go for crypto using image recognition technology and the scanning function. So um, that was how the whole genesis of it started. And, and with, again, the vision in mind of, hey, let's bring more people into crypto. Um, most statistics, it's kind of hard to get, you know, hard statistics on this, but, you know, roughly three to 5% of the world population is investing in or engaged in crypto. That's pretty low, right? Um, yeah. So there's lots of room for more people to, to come in, to adopt, right? So he had this idea in mind. I actually invested in Dexio um, about a month after it, not quite a month, maybe three weeks after it first launched. And then him and I just kind of hit it off and he asked me to be his business partner. And from there, we, um, you know, evolved the concept beyond that. And, and that flagship augmented reality application we now call Dexy Hunter um, is in, is in a, a limited beta right now in five cities. It's about to go into a much larger beta here shortly. And we'll talk about that, I think. But um, the, the concept itself was, okay, how do we bring people into blockchain is important. Blockchain is the future. How do we bring people in? Okay. And so of course that flagship application that we now call Dexy Hunter was part of that, but we started thinking about, okay, how do we engage new things? How do we become, become connected to other people? How do we, what's the best way to do that? We do that by playing games, right? When you're in grade school or in, you know, in, in primary school, how do they teach you things? You sing songs, you know, the ABC songs, the song, right? Yeah. You sing songs, you play games, you interact with each other on a, on a basis where it's, there's a quality function to it, right? Not just a, 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 a quantifiable thing, but a, you know, a qualifiable thing. You're connecting to and interacting with people through gaming, right? When you go on corporate retreats, even, what do they do? They play games. When you, uh, you know, become part of a, of a church or a synagogue or a, um, you know, or a mosque, typically the kids in those youth ministries play games, right? So Gaming is a great way to um, kind of disarm people, right? Like, yeah. because people are armed in a way against crypto, right? And we'll, you know, one of the things that, that we've found and is very true, and there's actually starting to be some statistics on this, traditional gamers, people who call themselves self-identified gamers, they're not playing blockchain NFT-based games, right? Um, because they are as I said, they're kind of armed against it. So we want to disarm people like, Hey, this blockchain's not, it's not a scam. It's not that whatever, you know, nonsense is being promoted out there by the corporate media. You know, this is really cool stuff. Here's a really fun game that you can play and you can interact with the blockchain. You can interact with crypto through this game. And so we wanted to build a suite of gaming applications that really allowed for um, people from all different walks of life from all over the world to be able to find something that they liked right? So we, we, we started thinking about different types of games, mobile games, desktop games. You know, we have a sword fighting game that we call Dexy Knights. It's like an arcade style sword fighting game. We have a, um, a, a build your team of dragons mobile game that we're about to put into beta too. So we have some, some different stuff. Um, and then we wanted to be able to allow people to play those games without crypto. And this is really important about what our whole mission is, right? We want adoption. So we're not going to force it on people. You can play our games. You don't have to connect to the blockchain. You don't have to get a wallet. You can, you can have fun playing the games. There are some play to earn functions that are non-blockchain related. Okay. Um, and, and I, you know, I don't know to go into a huge amount of detail about that, but it is possible to do that. And, but you can also earn crypto and NFTs in these games. And if you don't get a wallet and don't figure this out, you can't really get them. So I kind of joke, it's like we're drug dealers, you know, like, 
here's an NFT, man. Here's a taste, you know? Um, uh, <laughs> That's how you get them in, huh? Get them are, you know, I mean, it, get them hooked, right? You know? Um, uh, but but I, I'd want to, I want to spend a second on that though. You bring up a good point of <clears throat> how do you get to a place where people are disarming themselves and also buying in and gaming is a good way of doing that. Um, no matter what kind of social environment you're in, uh, the, the, you know, you have the icebreaker games or you have like all these other things that you do when you first meet people to try to understand each other a little bit more and do it in a way that's again, disarming and allowing you to be more welcoming of the information that's trying to be presented. So if, if that is the entry point in which uh, people are now coming in, engaging with blockchain and doing these things, and again, you you have a lot of different things going on. You have, have a bunch of different games. You have an NFT play, uh, but you really have this augmented reality, which is, I think, very unique, uh, especially to this space. And a lot of people aren't spending as much time um, on in at this particular time. Can you kind of unpack a little bit more of how can people come in and use some of the augmented reality uh gaming that you have? Yeah. So, um, so again, Dexy Hunter is, is our, our flagship application. Um, and in essence, there are, um, augmented reality bounties all over the, and soon to be all over the world. Currently they're in five cities, but, um, and so when we drop those bounties, we can specifically drop them wherever we want to. And we also have, um, obviously, a, a, you know, basically an algorithm that will, will drop them in certain radial areas. Right. So, um, and there's a bunch of different types of assets that people can collect. It's not just one thing. It's not just, you know, so there's um, NFTs and we've selected some NFTs, our own market. We have two marketplaces um, because we have two tokens, which I'll, I'll talk about in a second. But um, so they can get NFTs from our marketplaces, but we're also buying NFTs from other marketplaces, from Engine, from OpenSea, from BakerySwap, um, and from SoulSea. And we're we're giving those out too as part of that, right? So they collect these, these NFTs. They can collect a number of different types of what I would call mainstream cryptos. Um, so Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, TRX, a bunch of stuff, Link, okay? And you can go to our website, dexioprotocol.com and you know just search under the, the Dexy Hunter uh, gaming page and, and see all the different stuff that we're putting in the application. Then we can, we're also putting partner projects. So right now, currently, our, the only project that we're partnering with is our friend John Wingate at Bank Social. If you're not familiar with that, you should check out his project. Very cool, interesting stuff that he's doing in the in the lending banking space with crypto. Um, he's got a really cool um, DAO too. So we're partnering with them, and we're going to be dropping their um, their crypto in in the in the application too. And then we also have a non-blockchain in-game currency that we call Dexy Cash, and that's the way that we provide a non-blockchain resource. Think kind of like Robux, right? It's like a you know same same idea, right? Um, and then here's where things get really interesting. Um, not that it's not already interesting, but we also can drop QR codes for partnering businesses for people to be able to collect and redeem at those businesses. Okay. So this is revenue generation for us and a form of advertising and marketing for those businesses. Right. Um, so there's these bounties, they're, they're geotagged all over the place. You open up your phone, your Dexy Hunter application, which I'd be happy to get you the test flight for if you like, or I don't know if you're an Android or iOS user, but we can get you whatever you need. Um, and we can drop some bounties right on your head if you want to. And you can, <laughs> um, uh, um, but so you open it up and just like, you know, with Pokemon Go, there's an AR screen. You see the augmented reality object in a container and that container opens up. There's a whole animation sequence and out pops out that crypto or whatever that you're collecting, the Dexy cash or the NFT or whatever. 
you collect that, it gets stored um, as a uh, basically a placeholder inside your application. And then you go through a process where you request to have that actually sent to you. And then we have deployer wallets to send those out to people. Okay. So it's a, it's, it's a, the mechanics of it are, um, I kind of joke because I was talking with this uh, venture capitalist and uh, you know, he was like, how are you going to get around the whole iOS problem? I said, well, it's because I, I have analog thinking in a digital world. I, I, I built this whole system to sort of avoid the crypto portion of, of having interactions of actual crypto inside of the, the, the iOS application. So it looks like they are going to approve us all the way. We're approved for public beta and all that stuff. So I think we're in the clear. Awesome. But, Congrats. That's, a, that's yeah. a big hurdle. It is actually. Um, the thing that they kept pushing back on us about was actually the way we had our login system. Because we use a, um, a third-party resource for security reasons. So we're mm-hmm. not handling um, the authentication of somebody's login. Um, so basically, we're, we're, we've, we've hired a... Uh, We've we've essentially hired another company to handle the security for us, um, and uh, so. But the way that that was actually working inside the application, that the app store people kept being like, "No, this isn't user friendly." This is, and we were like, "Oh no, what are we doing?" And then finally, we we got you know, so we figured it out what they wanted us to do, and they approved it, so it was good. Um, but um, yeah, so that's how that works, right? And so somebody can go out and they can walk around. Now you got move to earn, right? Right. You get the play to earn portion. You got the move to earn portion. Um, and uh, we have a whole NFT concept um, that kind of allows different levels of access that we call Dexy badges. And those NFTs are upgradable, meaning that uh, interactions within the game uh, are stored as metadata on the back end of the server. And then that's correlated and related back to the NFT, which gives the NFT basically like a, a growing value, right? As it has interactions in the game. All of our NFTs, our gaming NFTs are all upgradable NFTs that work on that basis. And, you know, they're walking around, they can upgrade their access by doing more exercise, again, move to earn, right? And then on top of that, we have some, uh, you know, kind of forced action that we can do when they actually collect crypto. So they have to answer a question or maybe follow a Twitter or a lot of different things. And now you have learn to earn. So it's play to earn with move to earn and learn to earn all built into it, right? And yeah. they have the augmented reality portion of it. And it has a business model built into it. Revenue generation through uh, the non-blockchain in-game currency, DexiCash. Revenue generation through marketing and advertising. Revenue generation through partnerships with other crypto. Um, and we have some other revenue generation ideas that are kind of on the metaverse side of things, but I won't get too deep into that. So it's really an all-encompassing app. Um, yeah, so yeah. let me let me dive into that real quick, just as a recap. So with uh, Dexy Hunter, you'll have the ability to do AR in the sense of if you've ever played uh, Pokemon Go, you go throughout this AR world where you're um, moving to earn, uh, aka playing to earn, you find these different cryptos. So let's say that there's Bitcoin, Chainlink, etc. And you get them, um, but you're not actually, you don't have them in that moment. It's almost like a IOU, if you will. And then at one point you'd be able to redeem and you actually get paid out in uh, what you've uh, been able to get into uh, your wallet. But then also you can do other things where you can scan in, like if there's like a local business and they'll give you a discount code to go eat at a restaurant or something like that. Or you can also, uh, if you like watch a video to learn about something at the end of the conclusion of learning about that particular thing, you then get rewarded for uh, learning about that particular thing. For example, if someone's ever been on like Coinbase Earn and you watch a video and then they pay you for watching it, something similar like that. Yeah. And they ask you to ask a question. That's actually where I got the idea from. Was from Coinbase. Gotcha. Like it was that. I mean, I totally stole that idea. Sorry, Coinbase. <laughs> Brian, Brian, it's a good I, one. He can he can sue me. 
Um, uh, no, I mean, it's a good idea, but it's, it, that's where I got the concept from. I was like, okay, so, um, you know, the, and, and yes, what you said is 100% right. Okay. So all of that stuff, um, that, that was a much more succinct way. I tend to talk too much. That was a succinct <laughs> way of, of putting that. Um, and, uh, and I appreciate your succinctness. Uh, all, all good. I'd like to, to make sure I bring it all home, but with within Dexio Protocol, obviously you have Dexy Hunter, you have a bunch of other games that are within the ecosystem, and there are plenty of ways in which gaming can help bridge the gap between people and mass adoption. But it, as you kind of like take a step back, you look at the things that you are are, are building, how do you see um, the gaming space within blockchain evolving um, over the next year or so, like with obviously with current market conditions, as the technology continues to evolve over the years, like how do you start to see the the scale start to tip in the other direction with getting more people flowing into the space? Yeah, I think we had a big influx over the, you know, kind of late 2020 through, you know, late 2021, right? There was a bunch of people piling in and now that's sort of slowed down and actually, you know, people probably exiting and then especially in the midst of what has recently happened, which is unfortunate, but that's the cycle of all things, right? No, right. no growth pattern ever looks like that, right? It looks like this, right? Yeah. That's, that's just reality. So this is a necessary part of that process of that cycle. And I think, you know, now what we're going to see is, um, I, I use this uh, analogy a lot, and I think you'll probably appreciate this, but it's like a forest fire, Right. Forest fires are bad if you live in the forest, and certainly they're bad for lots of, of things. But natural forest fires are a natural part of the forest fire, the forest life cycle. And what it does do is, though it's terrible and um, damaging um, and catastrophic in many ways, it does clear out the dead wood and the underbrush and provides much-needed minerals and resources back into the soil that the forest needs to be able to grow to a much more beautiful forest than it was before, right? And I think part of what has happened here is kind of like a forest fire, right? And what's what we're going to see is we're going to see a lot of we're going to see a lot of the, the the projects tokens that either a never had good intentions or b aren't being managed very well they're going to get wiped out right right uh, and we're and what's what's going to happen is so right now it's it's really hard to get noticed you know it, and I I use this analogy a lot too when I talk to people it's very hard to be a loud the loudest person in an already very loud room. Right. Right. It's just like, you know, it's like flashy stuff everywhere. It's like, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's like Times Square, you know, where do I look? You know, um, and that's, yeah. kind of, that's kind of how the space has has kind of become in terms of trying to get the attention of legitimate investors. People are looking for something quality to invest in. It's just hard to see what that is in the midst of, you know, all the flashy craziness. And what's going to happen, I think now is, is we're going to see the projects with utility the projects with good management, the, the projects with, with good ideals and, and um, you know, transparent, authentic people running those projects, they're going to they're gonna rise to the top. They're going to get a lot more attention. They're going to get that much needed capital. They're going to get that much needed investment. Um, those holders, um, uh, you know, social media uh, momentum. And so we're going to see a shift away from, I think, the meme coins and, you know, the, you know, I... I don't know how you feel about this. And I, you know, so um, I'm the DeFi stuff really worries me um, because it like this, like, you know, handing out massive APR on the basis of literally nothing. 
that's not a sustainable thing, right? We know that we've watched this happen to Wonderland, to Gyro, to, I mean, and we're going to watch it happen to these other projects that are doing these things. It just can't work, right? Um, you can't just make stuff up out of nothing, right? Um, so, I mean, you can for a little while. and then You can, you have to find a way to actually have an underlying something of value that can continue to propel it up. I think just, just to speak to this for a second, I think DeFi overall can work. I think there's a lot of DeFi protocols that didn't fully figure out how to complete the circle. And a lot of those are going to die. And unfortunately, the people who get in at the beginning of the circle do well. And as long as they get exit at the right time, they do fine. But what problem is for people who enter that potential DeFi protocol at the end, get stuck left holding the bag. Right. And that's, you know, hurtful. Right. And I think if you create a system which is, it is not possible for it to do anything other than that, um, that that's not an honorable thing to do, right? So, you know, we, we need to try to create systems that um, are sustainable. And sustainability is, you know, ha has got to be, this next evolution, I think, of crypto is going to be a lot about utility and sustainability, right? That's what, you know, that's what the forest fire is going to clear way for. And, you know, I said this the other day, but um, CZ, who I'm not like some, you know, I'm, I don't worship CZ by any means, but um, you know, he has some very potent wisdom that he posts on Twitter sometimes. And one of the things that he did say was, and who knows if he's actually posting it, but anyways, one of the things he did say was, you know, what we're going to see now is projects with utility come to the to, to, to light, you know? Um, I'm paraphrasing that, but that's the truth, right? So I yeah. think that's what's going to happen. We're going to see, and, and in terms of specifically to gaming, you know, there's been some really cool gaming applications that have have taken off. You know, in particular, I think everybody, you know, is most familiar with Axie. Axie's done some really interesting things and done a good job with bringing attention to play to earn. They've done some pretty, you know, cool things. They really missed the sustainability thing with, with Small Love Potion, um, and they're trying to correct that, right? And they're actually doing some, you know, the cool thing, you know, with the with the sponsorships, or I can't remember what they're what they're called. The, you know, where they, I, I can't think what the word is, but they, um, uh, but they let you know individuals are are able to use other people's axes, um, you know. So they're doing some cool stuff, and it is kind of bringing some people out of poverty in you know really poor places, and that's awesome, right? But there is some problems with that, and so I think we're gonna we're gonna see a move away from unsustainable mechanics and play to earn. To sustainable mechanics and play to earn, and that's why what we're that's why we're we're being cautious about how we're setting things up, and we're being very focused on sustainability. So, um, you know, it we have a as I said, we have two tokens. We have Dexy, which is um, our what we call our native uh, token, and eventually we'll move to our own blockchain, which we're 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 working on, and that'll be the native coin of the the blockchain. And then we have Dexy Gas, which is our blockchain in-game currency. Okay, and the reason why we wanted to do that is we wanted to have something that could be a store of value. And that could be a, um, a measure of, of obtaining access to governance for the protocol, okay? And then something that could function as an actual currency that we could control the supply of, right? So Dexy won't be mintable. It's not mintable now. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we, we want that to be a store of value. We don't want it to, to we don't need the supply to, to do this. Dexy right. is in-game currency that we're using to pay out rewards with, but also... People are paying into the system to be able to use the system by, by, by buying NFTs off of our NFT marketplace that we generate. Obviously, we have a royalty you know, portion of that when people resell their NFTs. Um, and it costs DX, it costs Dexy Gas to be able to, to, to get access to that, um, those blockchain assets sends in, in Hunter. So the, the Dexy Gas is flowing in and we're using it to send it back out as the reward system, right? That's what an economic system is, right? People are spending it and then we're rewarding it out and people are spending it. And as the supply 
you know, as demand increases and we need to increase the supply, we can do that. And as and if demand decreases, we can decrease the supply. And so we can control the, the situation. We don't, we, we wanted to be able to do that. And so I think you're going to see lots of people that are interested in sustainable mechanics doing similar things, right? It just kind of makes sense, right? You want to try to create a system that sustains itself, that, that money is flowing in and then flowing back out and flowing in and flowing back out. That's what gross domestic product is, right? <laughs> you know, so, yeah. And, uh, and, and that's what you need. The key word here is sustainability. And as you look at a lot of uh, gaming mechanics and even looking at some DeFi protocols, et cetera, the challenges that they faced where they set up things to build momentum, to get people using it, to, to get people to start putting in money without really solving the problem of, okay, like once the, all this money comes in, how do you sustain it? Because for the model to work, the money has to come in and then more money has to keep coming in. But what happens if you have a downfall and money starts flowing out? You can't necessarily sustain the momentum that you built. And so by, and that's why I was talking about earlier, the the, the concept of completing the circle, uh, you'll, you'll have like, you know, 50 to 75% figured out, but that last 25% to like keep it as a sustainable um, business model, that 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 last, let's call it 50 to 25% is where I think a lot of uh, gaming and DeFi protocols are, are struggling is to try to close that gap. And uh, it's because like, you know, it's the chicken and egg scenario. Like how do you uh, get the people in and start spending money so that you can start getting some cash flow to, uh, to, to get it going, to, to kickstart it and get the, uh, the momentum built up? And then how do you keep the money flowing so that even if people start to flow out, it can continue to sustain itself without having a more capital injection um, when you have your downward lulls and having some, you know, uh, some money in your reserves to be able to uh, keep up whatever system you put in place. So it's a it's an interesting concept. Uh, sounds like y'all are doing a lot to try to help solve those challenges. And, you know, I know that, uh, I know you said that it's a, uh, can you speak on that actually a little bit for, for Dexy Hunter, for people who are excited, like they heard this, they're like, oh my gosh, it sounds amazing. I want to play this, especially once it launches to the world. Um, what can they do to participate? So right now we're running a, 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 a kind of closed beta in five cities. Um, Columbus, where I live, Amsterdam, where Don lives, uh, Manila and Istanbul, where we have two very large communities and then London, um, where we have some kind of boots on the ground, uh, you know, a, a good core community there. So um, and because we're just trying to, you know, bug test things, uh, get some some feedback about the the um, UI and the um, the UX of of the of the application, um, and and then automate some of these systems. So there's there's some automation that we need to put into place that we just haven't done yet because we want to make sure things work the way that they should before we um, automate some of this stuff. So, but then we're going to probably expand into anywhere from 25 to 50 cities in a few weeks, um, and we'll announce what those cities are. But they're going to be some pretty obvious ones. Um, Austin is definitely going to be one because we're all going to be there for consensus in June. So or not all of us, but seven of us from my team are going to, um, are going to be there for consensus. So we're going to kind of do an Austin takeover. We're going to try to uh, get people at, at consensus to download the application and, and hunker. I'm going to put a bunch of really cool stuff like right in the conference. So, um, yeah. it's going to be right there. Um, so, um, but, uh, um, so Austin, uh, you know, other major cities, um, you know, that you, that are sort of obvious, New York, LA. Tokyo, you know, all of Singapore, we're going to do a bunch of places. Um, and really just, uh, you know, joining our, our following our Twitter, um, you know, Dexio protocols, our handle, um, joining our telegram chat, Dexio chat, um, 
and following any of our social media, you're going to find out what those cities are going to be. And it's going to, you know, it'll, there'll be a, a, a beta link that we'll be able to provide for iOS for Apple users. And then what's called an ABB file, which sometimes, you know, it used to be the APK file, but an ABB file uh, that we can provide for Android users. And then actually there's a, there's a beta um, kind of a public beta link that we, that we can push through the play store. We're a little bit nervous about doing that because we don't want like everybody to just download it and start trying to do all kinds of stuff. But um, so, yeah, so that's what, that's, what's coming. And once we get through that phase, which I think will be probably early June, um, we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to open it up everywhere. We're going to put, you know, literally tens of millions of bounties all <laughs> on the planet. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And I do, I just want to really quick touch back on the sustainability thing. Um, just, you know, and I, I know I've taken up way too much of your time today, so I apologize. As I said, I tend to talk, but um, I do want to, because I think it's important to talk about this uh, in general, not just for Dexio protocol, but for your listeners. And I think this is something that based on the conversation that we've had today, that I think you would probably agree with. Um, yes, blockchain is the future. And yes, crypto is, is a very important part of that. Those are two different things. People tend to, con, you know, conflate. I mean, they're, they're connected together, but they're not the same thing. Um, you can have blockchains without crypto. Um, they, they exist. Um, uh, but you can't have crypto without blockchains, right? So, um, so yes, blockchain is definitely the future. Crypto is, is definitely a big part of that future. But the reality is, is that we're not going to like get rid of fiat business, you know, currencies, and we're not going to get rid of, of government-backed currencies anytime in the near future. And so the, the step towards this is a hybridization of your business model to include not just crypto-based business, like what you were talking about, closing that loop, that, that other 25%, to me, that's including the inclusion of traditional revenue streams, like marketing, advertising, transaction fees, okay? things that are already being done by major projects like Solana, right? Solana's hooked up with MasterCard and Visa and they're getting transaction fees, right? They have revenue coming in, right? Because what you're talking about is having a war chest of capital to be able to wait through the, um, the down times. And, um, and you do need that. You're going to, you have to have reserves in place to be able to sustain yourself through, you know, periods like we're having right now. Right. So, um, you know, those, those traditional business models, again, marketing, advertising, transactions, um, lots of other things, the, the ticketing that I talked about, which I think is really exciting, all of those things, um, that's going to be a part of this. And if you can create a, a, a crypto project that has utility, has great applications, a good ecosystem to you know, bring new people in, give them products that they know uh, that they can trust because they come from the, the project that you're already using their application, their gaming application. That's why we're building all these other applications, our wallet, our swap, all these things, right? Um, and then create revenue models in that that are reasonable and sustainable and use that money to fund the business, fund development, create that war chest, right? At the same time, you're developing more and more of the utility function of your technology, um, the utility function of your tokens and the technology of, of whatever it is that you're trying to do. If you can do those things, you're going to close that loop, right? That's where the sustainability factor comes in because, you know, real, you know, dollars are not going away anytime soon. I know, again, there's the crypto anarchists in the world, you know, Bitcoin's the future, it's all going to be, no, it's not. Okay. That, that's, I mean, maybe in a hundred years, I don't know, but definitely not in the next five years, definitely not in the next 10 years. We have to look at this as being, you know, a, these, these things need to be connected together. And there's actually major industry players who uh, are advocating for this and doing this um, 
you know, already, I, I've talked a lot about somebody I'm, I'm a huge fan of. I don't know if you know who she is, but Caitlin Long from Custodia Bank in Wyoming, super brilliant woman. So, yeah, the great, a lot of great things to say. I saw her speak at the Bitcoin 2022 and was just like, you know, we need to put her in charge of things. Like she's, you know, so, uh, but there's a lot of other industry leaders too. And, and they're all kind of saying the same things. And one of the things that you and I talked about in the beginning of this conversation is that in order to stabilize this thing, and again, to, as we talked about, Bitcoin and the NASDAQ look like the same chart, right? Um, and that there's a reason for that because the money that's in these things are following each other, right? In order for those things to become decoupled from one another, we're going to have to have real money, the real, real moneyed forces, things like Vanguard, Fidelity, you know, we talked about this, CalPERS, these big investment funds to start getting into crypto. And in order for that to happen, we have to have this hybridization of things and we have to have regulation in place. And without those things, we're screwed. And, and, I, and I mean, we're screwed. Like we are going to be stuck in this, you know, pegged system with the stock market forever if we don't get real money in there. And again, the reason why we need real money in there is, is not that there isn't real money, but I mean, like we're talking about, you know, CalPERS, like this is, you know, this is not as, you know, fidelity, you know, that kind of stuff, right? The reason why we need that in there is because those people, they have an, those, 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 Entities, companies, companies, they have an army of lobbyists. They have like, they, you know, they're going to advocate if they have money in it, they're going to advocate for protections, not just for consumers, but also for the businesses and for the investment funds that are in those, um, in crypto. And we need all that stuff and we need smart people. We need transparent and authentic people like you and the people from your show. You know, I, I'm not just kissing ass, man. I mean that we need people. And I, I said this to a lot of people to, to John Wingate, I mentioned from bank social, um, you know, uh, one of our, uh, a friend of the project, uh, Tyler Hill and Alexander Lorenzo, these guys are, um, you know, YouTube, Twitter, um, influencers, but, um, smart, authentic, genuine, um, transparent people who are interested in the longevity, the future of crypto, right? The sustainability of, of, of crypto and blockchain. That's what we're all interested in, you know? And, and I think we can find our way there. We just have to continue to advocate for that regulation, continue to advocate for the hybridization of, of, you know, crypto and traditional revenue streams so that we can balance those things and continue to advocate for uh, large investment funds to help support this technology. Right. And, you know, I think that is a, a great final thought to, to, to wrap up with. And to get to a point of sustainability, uh, we have to keep finding uh, ways that more traditional ways of business models and, and revenues to be able to come in. And uh, as, as Greg was saying, one of the ways that we can continue to do this is to have some of the big institutional money be able to come in and the way the path forward for that is through regulation. So we need to continue to build uh, regulation and, and have the parameters and have the nice uh, box that is given so that we know how we can start playing within these environments so that we, so that these big institutions can now have safeguards in place so that they know they can start to mitigate their risk. They can start to do their risk assessments so that they can feel more confident to pour in some of their money and resources into this space. And you start to see really big movements up in the right direction uh, as it relates to crypto. So, I mean, we unpacked a lot today, Greg. Um, I think this has been a really interesting conversation. I'm sure um, all of our listeners are going to enjoy it as well. And uh, again, I really do appreciate you spending some time with us today. Uh, I know you mentioned a couple of ways that people can connect with you, but go ahead and say that one more time. How can people continue to learn more about everything happening over at uh, Dexio Protocol? 
Yeah, so probably the best way to communicate, and you can communicate directly with me. I'm still very involved with our Telegram chat, um, which is, is, you know, if you go to Telegram, it's Dexio chat. You follow our Twitter, Dexio Protocol. You can follow my Twitter, Dexonian, um, uh, on Twitter. Um, we're really not that, if you go to our website, DexioProtocol.com, uh, again, you can see in the, my, my name, the Chief Operating Officer of Dexio Protocol. Um, uh, you can find all of our socials and stuff there. And, um, you know, one of the things I'm proud of is, is that, you know, Don and I and Andrea and, and um, you know, some of the other executives on our team, we've maintained a, a very close connection to our community through um, Telegram and Twitter. And, and um, sometimes that's hard because like, there's like, you know, literally like a thousand people sometimes talking to me, but um and that can be challenging in some ways, but it's been really rewarding too. And it's actually been a great resource for us to continue to um, uh, get really good ideas, right? Um, I, I saw some Twitter feed, you know, the, the yesterday or something that somebody was like remarking that that crypto Twitter is the only place where people with a with a one thousand uh, dollar investment um, uh, bag can talk to. Can, can tell somebody with a $10 million investment bag how to do their investments, you know, and sort of a joke, right? And I, and I made a joke that like, yeah, well, you know, come to Telegram where, you know, all day long I'm being yelled at by people who have like a $10 bag that I haven't turned that into $100,000 yet, you know? Um, yeah. And, um, and I'm not sure what the obsession is with Lambos. Like it's just the Lambo. I, like, <laughs> they're not cute cars. Anyway, so, or functional in any way. But um, so, um, but, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, Crypto gives voice to people, right? It it does. Like we we and and people who wouldn't normally have a voice sometimes have often have really important messages, and so those messages are being heard um, and being picked up on through social media and, and through other things. So we're grateful for the opportunity to connect with people in that way. And again, go to dexioprotocol.com um, and um, you know you know, follow our social medias, reach out to us. Um, and, you know, I hope that, that people come and ask, you know, whatever questions they, they want to and, and trying to understand what we're doing. And we're not perfect. You know, we've made mistakes along the way. Um, I think the difference between being successful in things, it, my experience in being successful with things is not, not making mistakes. It's recognizing that you've made a mistake and learning from that mistake and moving on. Right. That's Mark Twain. Absolutely. Uh, um, good choices come from experience and experience comes from bad choices. So no doubt, yeah. no doubt. So everyone listening, make sure you go and check them out. Uh, go be a part of their community. And again, Greg, thank you so much for spending some time for us with us today. And for everyone listening, stay cryptocurrent. Hey, cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Megan with Podcasting You. Richard does such a good job covering a variety of topics. Their guests offer valuable insight as well. I would recommend this podcast to anyone looking to be inspired and informed. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes.
Want to stay up to date on the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. We would like to give a special shout out to our Moon sponsor, Acacia Digital. Acacia invests in partners with early stage blockchain companies who are solving complex problems in large markets. Acacia partners with projects that have established technology and communities. Acacia supports public projects exhibiting strong momentum and capacity to grow into large markets. Acacia also directly participates in limited releases such as NFTs tied to unique experiences, access, or products. For more information, go to acaciadigital.io. Again, that's acaciadigital.io. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to deritterproductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.